Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Never said and left for average, ayy. Shawty said she wanna see my savage, ayy. Goddamn, goddamn. Henny gripping and I'm saucing. Two cups, do something's how I'm rocking. I do this every day, I do this often. Goddamn, goddamn. I always been this nigga if you know me. Go get it, and my niggas, then my homies. We on the court, you in the nose, please. Say you gon' do it, nigga, show me Welcome back, everybody, here to the Being Technical Podcast Once again, I'm your host, Aaron BNY I'm being technical, but not always practical Appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode However you stream your podcast I do appreciate y'all for listening And staying tuned with all the technical information That I have to provide I... Sorry for the delayed uh, episode. I was on vacation, had to go back home, visit my family. Big shout out to my little brother. He graduated from uh, graduated from high school, following his big bro step, going to the University of Minnesota, just like his big bro. Of course, he always wanted to be like his big bro. Who doesn't want to be like me, right? Especially in the family. As much as they like to ridicule and criticize and talk all they want, I'm the heart of the soul of the family. I set the foundation for the siblings, and they'll appreciate me one day. Also, I'd like to give a big shout-out to my boy, my bro, T. Russ, co-host of the Sunday Dinner Podcast. Appreciate him for tune, uh, hopping on my previous episode, chopping it up with your boy, talking sports. Uh, we always try to make that collab happen. Appreciate him taking time out of his day to hop on with me once again. T. Russ, co-host of the Sunday Dinner Podcast. Uh, if you're a supporter of mine, go support that podcast. They they, they be speeding, spitting real, real talk on their episode from music to sports, whatever. Big shout out to him, T. Russ. Follow my boy on Twitter, Instagram. You can go to my previous episode uh, description. You can get his uh, social media handle. The real brother for real. Also, anybody out there, any aspiring you know, aspiring podcasters or anyone that wants to talk sports, music, whatever the case may be. I'm always down to do a, you know, like a crossover collaboration episode. For anyone that's down, again, you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. You can hit me up. Uh, send me a DM, just be an Aaron. If anyone's interested, anyone want to get want to get their takes off their chest, want to debate, whatever you guys want to do. So again, hit me up in the DM. You can even mention me. Just being Aaron. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to get as many any any people that are interested. I'm trying to get as many guest appearances as possible. So if you're down, I'm always available. Just shoot me a text, DM. If you got my number. But in the meantime, there has been a lot. We have had the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs have been intriguing to say the least. For the first time, we finally seen sellout venues. Fans have been in attendance. Uh, it's actually been refreshing, good to see fans. They literally just like it's crazy how the NBA literally just brought fans back in, sold out arenas. That's like COVID never happened. It's like less than a year ago, we were literally playing in a bubble in a hotel balcony or lobby or whatever it was. 
to win the finals, and then like the next year, they literally just bring back fans as if nothing happened. But just that one year where we didn't have fans and got to sell out fans, you didn't realize how much fans made a impact to the game, how much exciting it is to hear fans. And I just feel like the players, especially the home courts, play a huge factor. You can tell the players feed off the crowd, good or bad, players that feed off fans that are booing. Or fans that are cheering. so And you can tell that it does add a more excitement element to the game. Just having fans back. But fans have been wilding. Especially fans have been throwing food and beer at players. Like, y'all got to stop. It's like you lock people in for such a long time. And finally when you let them out, it's almost like they don't know how to act. Acting a damn fool. People getting arrested for throwing water bottles at players like Kyrie Irving. You really want to ruin your whole career, your whole livelihood, and embarrass yourself throwing a water bottle as a player, like at a fan, at a, be, throwing a water bottle as at a player. Like, really, is it really worth doing all that? Like, I think, I think in that sense, that is stupid. But if something is that serious to you, in which you hate a player where you got to throw something at him or slur hurls or whatever the case may be. I think you have more personal issues in your life that you have that much animosity toward a player. It's one thing to cheer for your favorite team, but at the same time, you don't have to be disrespectful to the players. Like, literally, we go to these games and cheer because of the players, and so, like, you're degrading them and insulting them, throwing things at them. It's like it literally defeats the purpose of the game. But... Some quick little things I did notice in the NBA playoffs that I didn't expect, obviously, what surprised me is the Phoenix Suns. I didn't think the Phoenix Suns would be this good. They're on the cusp of the NBA uh, Western Conference Finals. Obviously, I know they had a little hot streak in the bubble. I think they ended like 8-0, 10-0 in the bubble. I really didn't think that they were going to carry that over to the next season. But I think with the addition of Chris Paul, he's finally staying healthy. Knock on wood for him. But I think Chris Paul elevated that team to championship contenders which is remarkable because it seems like anywhere Chris Paul goes the team is on a cusp of a title contention but he always gets hurt and you never see the full potential of Chris Paul it'd be good to see Chris Paul in the finals just because he's one of the arguably one of the best point guards to ever play this game and just how much more dynamic he makes the Phoenix Suns is big shout out to Chris Paul I would love to see him one day, I mean, he's accomplished everything you could possibly accomplish outside of winning an NBA Finals and winning an MVP, in which I think he should have earned, but that's a discussion for another day. But Chris Paul, in my opinion, is a future Hall of Fame player, and I think adding a Finals MVP and a NBA championship to an, or a career that he has nothing to really I would say he doesn't have much to prove in a sense that he performs on the court. He makes his players better. Any team he joins, he makes him a legitimate contender. It's just injuries has derailed him. It would be nice to see him win a championship. But at the same time, obviously, then you got the Utah Jazz dominating. Nobody expected him to be this good. Emerging star in Donovan Mitchell. You got Rudy Gobert. Added Mike Conley to that team. They get the one seed. One and two is Phoenix and Utah. They have been dominant so far. They look like they're on a, cl- uh, 
crash course to meet in the Western Conference Finals, barring any significant issues. But as an NBA fan and as a player that runs the NBA, such as Adam Silver, due to ratings, would you want to see a Phoenix Suns or a Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals? Sure, we can hate teams all we want. We can say we want the Clippers to lose or the Nets to lose. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to ratings and what you want to watch, do you really want to see a series in which you have the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns facing off against the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers? Is that something you truly would like to watch as a fan? Just ask yourself. And I just think as an NBA as a fan, I, I'm a fan, so I will watch basketball, I will watch the NBA, but as a casual, as a marketing tactic, is that a series that you can try to convince casual fans or any, any fan that just watches games? Is that some, something that you would sit down on a 7 o'clock night or on your day off and say, yeah, I want to go watch the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz versus the Philadelphia 76ers or the Milwaukee Bucks? If you say yes, either you are a diehard NBA fan or you're lying to yourself. Because honestly, with the obviously with the Lakers out, with LeBron James out, whatever the case may be with LeBron James, if fans have LeBron fatigue and are just tired of watching LeBron James in the finals, obviously injuries derailed that team. But do you really want to watch a NBA finals lacking a big market city? And a lacking star power. Ask yourself that question. Because I feel like now that the Los Angeles Lakers are out. And the New York Knicks are out. Obviously the dream, 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 dream NBA scenario. If they had to pick their NBA finals. Obviously they would want the Los Angeles Lakers. The New York Knicks. Just because of the market size. The international fan base that those two teams and storied franchises those would be that would be their dream matchup. But for this season, deep down inside, I feel like the NBA and the casual fan would love no other than the Los Angeles Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets. Sure they're the two little stepbrothers of the Los Angeles Lakers and New York Knicks, but at the same time those are the two the only two teams that has the superstar firepower that would intrigue the casual fan to want to watch. You got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George with the Los Angeles Clippers. Sure, that's not LeBron and AD, but that's still two stars, all-stars, superstars. And then you got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, three other superstars. And you know with the NBA being a superstar-driven league, I don't care what you say, they are the ones that attract fans. They're the ones that attract viewerships. You want the two teams that have the most superstars in the big stage playing for the championship. And obviously with the Clippers struggling with the Utah Jazz, I don't even know if they'll get out that series. I don't know. I felt like I knew once a lot, like when the the Clippers went down 2-0 to the Dallas Mavericks, I feel that as soon as the Los Angeles Lakers got eliminated, once the Lakers got eliminated, I was like, oh, the Clippers are going to win that series. Even though I knew they were down 2-0, 3-2, you're like, oh, the Clippers are going to win that series. Just because that was that extra motivation for them to take, take – throne of the Western Conference that they knew that this is their best chance because they don't have to deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. I just knew that they were going to win that series. 
And I think the NBA and Adam Silver deep down inside wanted the Los Angeles Clippers to win that series because you can't have a Western Conference Finals without the Lakers or the Clippers, especially in today's NBA, to be honest. So even them struggling with the Jazz, I feel like some something tells me deep down, barring injuries, obviously with what's going on with the Nets, barring injuries, I feel like the Clippers will hopefully somehow find a way to get out of the West, I would love them to get out of the West because that's the only real reason I would truly want to tune in to the NBA, the NBA Finals. And what I didn't notice is there's so many, there's so many people that hate the Los Angeles Clippers. Like, why do people hate the Clippers? Like, Paul George doesn't say anything. Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk. They don't talk. They literally just don't do anything. Where I'm how people want them to lose. I get you guys are all Lakers fans, but as NBA fans, you want to see the Clippers in the NBA Finals because you know that it's going to be the most intriguing matchup, the team that can best keep up with the Nets. Obviously, the Nets look like they're, they were, like the championship was, was going to be theirs for the taking. Then James Harden gets hurt. Now Kyrie's injuring with a ankle injury, and they're literally in a dogfight with the Milwaukee Bucks with a injured James Harden. And a injured Kyrie Irving now with his ankle. I feel like they are, they are definitely the team that you want to see come out the East because I just something about the Bucks. I just I just don't see them as title contenders. Obviously, with also with the Sixers, I just don't see them as title contenders. Obviously, with the Sixers having Joel Embiid. Arguably the best big man, second best big man in the NBA behind Nikolai Jokic. Also, big shout out, big yoke, big joke. Being the first second round pick to win the MVP. My man Nikolai Jokic was literally selected during a Taco Bell commercial. And now he's the final and now he's the league MVP. Big shout out to Nikolai Jokic. I wonder if that hurt, helped Taco Bell stock. I wonder if more people went to Taco Bell now that they see Nikolai Jokic win the MVP. And that's also like another team, the Denver Nuggets, who I feel bad for because there's always something that's an obstacle that stops them. I truly feel if they also had Jamal Murray play and didn't get hurt, I feel like that they were also a true title contender and they wouldn't be getting smoked like they are by the Phoenix Suns. But what I also have noticed in these NBA, NBA playoffs that everybody seems – the two most confusing superstars, intriguing superstars that always just make me like shake my head is Giannis and Ben Simmons. When I watch Giannis and Ben Simmons play, it's almost like you spend all that time in the regular season, all that time in the offseason, and you still can't improve on the most integral basic parts of basketball. Two players that literally cannot shoot the basketball. It is remarkable that two players of their caliber, all-stars, when Giannis is sit, in Giannis's case, a two-time regular season MVP, Ben Simmons, max player, all-star, that literally your only livelihood, you spend all off-season working on your game, you can't shoot the ball. At least Giannis tries. He has streaks in which he can somewhat make a jump shot here or there. At least tries. But 
he just can't consistently knock down a jump shot. And those are two of the most, in my opinion, the two of the most regular season superstars. I guess you can put Paul George in that conversation, but I think at least with Paul George, he can give you a dominant shooting night. He can at least shoot the ball. And you know Paul George is not a one. He's a two. Ben Simmons' case, is he a 1A to Embiid 1B? Is he the second star? Giannis is the face of the Milwaukee Bucks. But they're two guys that can't shoot. And every every playoff sees every playoffs they get exposed when the games get tight and the court shrinks. You notice their flaws more and more and more. It's like Ben Simmons, a professional NBA basketball player, is afraid to take a jump shot. A man who makes millions of dollars. And Ben Simmons is a great player, athletic freak. He can impact the game in so many other ways. He's a facilitator. He can get to the sh- to the to the to the cup at will. He can give you twenty and ten, but time and time when the games get tight, when the games matter in the playoffs, and you know he can't shoot, he's a detriment to the team almost. I mean, how do you have a one of your best players on your team cannot consistently hit a jump shot? And in Giannis's case, for as long how tall he is. How athletic he is. He doesn't have a go-to mover he can go to. If, the, if he can't get to the cup, he doesn't have a mid-range jump shot or a fadeaway or a post-game that can, that way he can create his own shot like a Kevin Durant, a Kobe back in the day, a LeBron, a Kawhi Leonard. Those guys in which they, you know, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, if they can't get to the hoop, they got a step back, they got a mid-range jump shot, they have a post-game. They have something that can, tr- that when the paint shrinks, when the game the, the becomes a half court game, you give them the ball, they're gonna give you a shot. Whether it's in the paint, whether it's mid range, whether it's a three point shot, you know you're gonna get a bucket from them in so many different arrays, different styles, different ways that they can get buckets. And that's thing that is the issue I have with those two, with Ben Simmons and Giannis. Anton Canupo, they cannot, if they're not driving to the hoop, if they're not using the athletic ability and overpowering, when they're forced to take a jump shot, when they're forced to go to the free throw line, they crumble. That's why their teams can never advance past the second round or get to that next level because they have, they don't have another guy that can, they, they're not the man that can go get that bucket. They have to rely, like with Milwaukee, Chris Middleton's really their only outside shooter with the Milwaukee Bucks. Is Chris Middleton, you, he's a really good player, but is he a superstar second second guy that could take you to the championship? Ben Simmons, is he a second co-star to Joel Embiid that could put the Sixers over the top? Those are questions that always get exposed every playoffs, and we're seeing it now with the Milwaukee Bucks. They just hack Giannis, can't hit a free throw, can't hit a jump shot, and... That is going to be a problem for those two players. Moving forward, unless them two can both develop a jump shot, their their game will not their game will never truly evolve and they'll never be a final piece to a championship contender. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope they prove it wrong. I hope that they can get to the championship and hopefully that they're contributing 
you know, players lead their team to an NBA Finals one day. But so far, from what I've seen from those two, I think those are two players that just they just don't have that final it factor to be a leading component to a championship team. Sure, regular season they will give you they'll give you twenty five and ten, thirty, get you know, voted into the all star game, they'll be all stars, their teams will be number one, number two in the East. But when it comes to the playoffs, they just don't have the offensive capability, fundamentals to be that go to guy. And I think that's going to be a detriment to their to their overall legacy, if that even matters to them. To their overall de- their legacy, if they can't be those guys that put their team over the hump. That's my take so far. So far with the second round, the NBA playoffs. We'll see how the series go. Nets are in trouble. Hopefully the Clippers can make that. Uh, obviously with the Jazz now, Donovan Mitchell hurt, who's also, in my opinion, a, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell are the two future futures of the NBA. I think once these tier, this uh, previous generation of stars like LeBron, Kawhi, those guys kind of fade away into the CP3. They kind of fade away. I think Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards, it's going to be their league. John Morant, it's going to be their league. But I think they're about a year or two away. But we'll see with the NBA, how the NBA playoffs goes. Do we eventually get our Clippers Nets that the NBA wants? And if we don't get that, are you truly going to be intrigued with the playoffs if those two teams are not in it anymore? Obviously, the first choice is the Lakers, but now that the Lakers aren't there out of the West, is there really any other team that you want to see in the Clippers? If you truly hate the Nets, I truly want to see the super team go down. What team in the West truly, truly gives them uh, gives them competition outside of the outside of the LA Clippers? So that's something to ponder on. Hopefully. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think on that. Obviously on Twitter, Instagram, I'm always tweeting about it on Twitter. If you have any, if you have any opinions or any thoughts on that, once again, you can tweet me, just be an Aaron. And I'm glad to sh- you're glad to let me know your opinion. And I would like to see the ratings, statistics after that, and see the correlation between the two. But moving on with that. Once again, thank you for tuning in, being technical podcasts. However, you get your podcast. This podcast is available on all major platforms. There's a couple things that I have been peeping, noticing on TV. Obviously, being a sports enthusiast, I'm always listening to debate shows. Debate shows have always been my thing. I've always been listening to you know the first takes and whatnot. I've been watching that, you know, and I've been a fan of those debate shows, but. The more and more and more I watch those type of shows, I, I, I've, it's gotten to the point where I think they've become too much, that they, they, they that they've they've kind of crossed the line, and I think, especially with first take, I feel like that they kind of have not evolved their show past what it used to be. Back in the day, obviously, I feel like they was just Stephen A. and Skip Bayless both screaming at each other and whatever the case may be, they're always taking shots at other athletes and calling them scrubs and calling them this and calling them that. And I think it's gotten to the point where that style 
of journalism, that style of, you know, hot takes is it's kind of out of date. And I was watching first take the other the other day, you know, on my flight and I was listening to it and and I just realized how much too much this too much goes on is like there's too many theatrics and Stephen A. Smith just yelling and berating and you know just trying to humiliate Max Kellerman and then you got Molly and then it's so so much going on you forget what they're trying to discuss and it's almost like anytime Max makes a point Stephen A. is always just like you know what you're talking about this and this and that and it just becomes overall it's 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 just too much theatric theatrics, and it's just I think it, that show got played out. They haven't evolved that style of journalism that got Stephen A. Smith to where he is today. I feel like he hasn't evolved past that, and I just feel like he's gotten out of that style in which he relates to the athlete. I just feel like he, obviously, in today's style of journalism, it's more like how more so you're relatable to the athlete. And I feel like the athletes are more reluctant to associate someone that relates to them, someone that played the game. And and I think why I'm more so, so someone that used to be a big fan of First Take, that used to watch it all the time, my I'm more so of a fan of Undisputed just because with because Sh- Shannon Sharp, obviously, with, obviously at Skip Bayless' show, and I feel like even with Skip Bayless, how he evolved his style of show, and how he used to, just like Stephen A., I used to go about calling players scrubs or they can't play, they can't do this, they can't do that. I feel like once he f- he formed a partnership with Shannon Sharp, he's more now he's been more inclined to see the game in the light of a, an individual like Shannon Sharp who played the game at, at a high level, arguably one of the best players at his position in the NFL. The guy is literally in the Hall of Fame in the NFL. And I feel like with now more play more people are more reluctant to listen to an opinion of an individual, not only that played the game, but someone that also can relate to the athlete, someone that's the same age as the athlete, someone that's not going to berate them and call them a scrub and call them this and call them that. And especially with Stephen A. Smith, not with Kwame Brown finally speaking out. I mean, that man, Stephen A., spent years and years and years ridiculing Kwame Brown, how he's a scrub and how he can't play. Small feet, can't move, can't shoot, can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And Kwame Brown kept to himself until eventually he lashed out. I mean, at some point in time, you can only you can only tame a tiger for so long until finally it roars and attacks you. And that's what happened. And obviously it took for Matt Barnes and Stephen A. Stephen Jackson to come out and for them to call him out for him to finally lash out. But at least in Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes' sake, at least they played the game. They're his peers. They're other professional basketball players that play in the NBA. At least they can they could be the ones that can call him out on his game or he's a scrub. But someone like Stephen A. Smith, who I feel – I feel like he kind of went over the top in his lashing out of, obviously, Kwame Brown. And, like, he's a scrub to whom? To whom? He's a scrub to whom? The man still was the number one overall pick. The man still made millions of dollars playing in the NBA. He lasted over 13 seasons. So, obviously, GMs obviously kept signing him. He went from Washington. He played, went to the Lakers. Then he went to the Bobcats. Then he went to the Sixers. 
So, so are you going to call those eight GMs dumb? And I just feel like the more and more I notice that I feel like Stephen A. Smith has just went over the top to try to prove his worth in the sports industry. And I'm, and I'm a guy who is a big, who's been a big fan of Stephen, Stephen A. Smith through my childhood. I've looked up to him because he was someone that I've wanted to be like or be part of that industry. But as time evolved, I feel like the style of journalism has changed. And I feel like nowadays you you want to be more relatable to the athlete, someone that can talk to them on a social level instead of the yelling and screaming. And obviously with Stephen A. Smith, he's gotten a lot of backlash. A lot of people have said he's a sellout. He's lashed out on Kevin Durant. He's lashed out on Wesser Westbrook. He's la- and obviously he made his whole career bashing Kwame Brown and calling him a scrub and going around colleges calling. I guess Kwame Brown. First of all, I didn't even notice that. The guy, Stephen A. Smith, was really going to college campuses calling Kwame Brown a scrub. A bunch of college students who probably won't ever, ever be to the level of Kwame Brown. A bunch of college students who may have never even be selected into the selected drafting in the NBA, let alone go number one, let alone go play 13 seasons, and you're going to go to college campuses and say someone that, is in a league that those kids dream of playing and calling them a scrub. And I could assure you all those students he talked to when he did his little college tour probably have never even played in the NBA. Probably 99.9% of those college kids did not make the NBA nor have a career as long as Kwame Brown and nor didn't make as much money as Kwame Brown did. And I feel like I don't want to hear... Guys have never played at a level that high, calling them scrubs. I want opinions more so on the game and critique them as opposed to calling them, oh, they can't play, they can't do this, they can't do that. That style of debate no longer exists, no longer it's evolved when you have folks like Jay Will, and he just can just blatantly lie and say KD said don't ever compare him to Giannis like KD would never say that because at the end of the day Giannis is still a peer to KD they both play in the NBA they're both MVPs like who is who is who is Jay Will for KD to make to say that to like he who are you you're not part of that fraternity current NBA fraternity like you played years ago you're a great college basketball player at Duke and you had a short NBA career and you unfortunate motorcycle accident but you are not to the level in which KD would say that to you, even if he meant it. Uh, clearly, KD said he never said that. But even if he did, you are not someone he would say that to or n- openly admit that to. Like, stop reaching. These guys, I think, are reaching. Obviously, I also have respect for Kendrick Perkins. Obviously, Kendrick Perkins, NBA champion, had a long career. At least I would take his critique on an NBA player because at least he played with Kevin Durant he played in the NBA for a long periods of time and won a championship played in two NBA finals Shannon Sharps also big shout out my bro master he's a brother he can relate to the athlete those are the individual it's a new up and coming up and coming world of sports in which you should be more relatable to the athlete someone an individual and I just feel like individuals like Stephen A. Smith has not have not evolved. Even Skip Bayless evolved his style and how he approaches debate. Obviously, he still sticks to his little 
main points because that's what got him there, calling him LeBron and this and that. But at least he's eased up on his takes on LeBron, even though he's still out of bounds a lot of the time with LeBron. But he feel, but at least he's more. At least he's more fair with his critique. Obviously, spending time with Shannon Sharp, an individual, a player of his caliber that played in the game, he has a more sense of understanding of professional athletes and professional sports. And that is my take on that. Obviously, that's how I feel. If that's how you feel, let me know. Obviously, we can agree to disagree. That's my opinion. I feel like with the sports, it's a player's league. At the end of the day, players control the sports. We watch sports because of the players. Sure, you have a favorite team, but we watch the games because of the players. And you don't need to be, you're not going to last in this in this today's sports industry by lashing out at players. That is not the approach that you should be taking. So, just, just, that's why I'm just, and then they had Quavo on first take, like, a rapper, like, I just, like, again, no offense to Quavo, Culture 3 was pretty good, by the way, big shout out Migos, I did mess with the album, but, like, it's just, they just doing too much, and I just want them to go back to the simple style, simple, simplistic style of sports, and someone that can relate, I like relatability, and if you can't relate, keep it moving. Anyway, that's what I got for y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning into this episode. Once again, you can subscribe to my podcast, Being Technical Podcast. However you stream your podcast, listen to your podcast, available on all major platforms. You can follow me on Twitter, Just Being Aaron. Instagram, Just Being Aaron. I'm also on TikTok, y'all. I'm starting a little TikTok. I'm going to let y'all, you know, once I get it popping on there, y'all go, you know. I'm soon to promote that. But that's what all I got for y'all today. Let me know what y'all talk. Once again, Instagram, Twitter, just be an Aaron. That's that's all I got for y'all. I'm out. He didn't say a word. Technical foul, Wallace. He's gone. Close to me, devil too close to me, devil too close to me. I see my enemies turn friendly and get close to me. I see they moving from a distance, they approach me. I don't trust nobody, the burner make them toast to me. Used to get blessings from my grandma before I leave out for my day. She the reason that I'm here, no any day could be my day. Countless nights had situations that ain't almost go my way. I'm still standing by my mission, I'ma do this shit my way. Remember laying on my deathbed, I couldn't speak, my body bleeding, I was restless. They stuffed them tubes down through my throat cause I was breathless. My mama never left my side, she was my best friend. I seen the tears run out her eyes and it was endless Ain't had no fear up in my heart, my soul was stressless He done blessed me with a chance when I was helpless I promise I would never lose and I forget this Remember me said if I die today, know what I try to say And if my grandma isn't straight, that shit's a tragedy My three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what is it supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me Said I need changes 
changes in my life, no, I need changes So many people around me, but they feel like strangers Don't get too close to me, you know I get anxious I seen the devil, I hope God sent me some angels We in a crisis, walk outside and feel like we at war My block is ISIS, turn the TV on and bodies dropping We can't fight this, I survived the day But we don't treat it like it's priceless When we at them funerals, the only time we righteous Yeah I need blessings on me I know many niggas want their weapons on me I know I've been paranoid, I watch them closely But I just heard my nigga got shot by his homie Damn, that shit so cold to me Can't nobody tell me nothing, my hood still got hope in me I just want my millions, don't want nobody to notice me No killer, but no nigga getting close to me Said if I die today, know what I try to say Straight, that shit's a tragedy I see them hunting niggas down there causing casualties This hell on earth, it ain't no place to raise a family I pray the Lord I see, I pray my soul to keep Say my three prayers every night before I go to sleep I know I'm never gonna get what isn't supposed to be But I need changes in my life, devil too close to me